Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Monday, August 30th, the first day of school for San Diego Unified. More on that next, but first, let's do some headlines. Cal Fire crews have been battling the Chaparral Fire over the weekend. The blaze started up on Saturday and is now 13% contained, having burned 1,500 acres. That's according to the Cal Fire map. The wildfire is in both Riverside and San Diego counties. One firefighter has suffered some minor injuries and two structures have been destroyed. Evacuations and evacuation warnings that were issued are still in effect per Cal Fire's last update. The bodies of the Pendleton service members killed in last Thursday's attack at the airport in Kabul came home on Sunday. According to the Pentagon, the bodies of the 13 service members were flown to Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. The bodies include nine Marines and one Navy corpsman who had been stationed at Pendleton. Here's Army Major General William Hank Taylor. We grieve with the Gold Star families, friends and loved ones of our fallen. They will be remembered and revered among Americans who have served in Afghanistan. Half of the 10 Pendleton service members killed had been in the Marines for less than three years. Three of the Marines grew up in Riverside and Coachella Valley. Today is the deadline to register to vote by mail for the September 14th gubernatorial recall election. Forms are available on the registrar's website or at the registrar's office. You can also get a form at the city clerk's office, any public library, or the DMV. Forms must be postmarked by 5 p.m. tonight, or you can register online until midnight. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Beth Accomando, KPBS arts reporter and host of the Cinema Junkie podcast. I'm also a geeky gourmet who likes to bake food themed to the movies I watch, like chocolate blood to savor with Dracula, or an extra chewy Wookiee cookie to enjoy with Star Wars. I'm geeky about the things I love, and that makes me a public radio geek as well. I love being able to connect with audiences just like you through TV, radio, the web, and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. So, are you a KPBS geek? If so, then I'm asking you to get in touch with your inner nerd and become a member of KPBS today. Just go to kpbs.org and click the blue Give Now button and make a donation. That's right. Let's geek out together about the things we love. It's the first day of school for California's second largest school district. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez has more on the opening day in San Diego. This morning, students and teachers are back to the books in the San Diego Unified School District. More than 230 campuses open today, and there is more distance learning, too. Parents have the option to register their children to attend classes in person or online through the new virtual academy. Students on campus are required to wear masks indoors and out unless they're eating. Once schools open, they are not required to close again, even if the county sees a jump in COVID case rates or positive test percentages. 
The district will continue to provide free take-home food bags with breakfast, dinner, and weekend meals for every student, no matter where they attend classes. And that was KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez. As our lives get more digitized, there's a growing need for workers who know how to code. But often, coding training is out of reach for people from disadvantaged backgrounds. One program in Escondido is looking to change that. KPBS's Alexander Wynn has more. Mike Roberts, who is Black, has been a software engineer for more than 30 years. But he wasn't seeing people like him in the tech industry. So he started creating Code Careers, a paid year-long apprentice program to attract people from disadvantaged backgrounds. If we're not seeing these people represented inside of software organizations, that must mean that there's some super talented people that just need an opportunity. They need a chance to be able to gain those skills. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there is a diversity gap in tech, with the majority of jobs going to white people. And that was KPBS's Alexander Wynn. Legislation that could create more multifamily homes in California has taken a step forward in the state legislature. The effort to loosen zoning in single-family neighborhoods has been contentious. But as KQED's Katie Orr reports, Senate Bill 9 got through the assembly last week. It's widely acknowledged that there isn't enough housing in California. Yet building more has proven difficult. SB 9 would allow for up to four units on a single-family lot. It now advances to its final vote in the Senate. Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks says this is an opportunity to add to the state's low housing supply. We need more solutions in this state. Right now in two-thirds of California, multifamily housing is illegal. Let's legalize housing in California and vote for SB9. The bill drew support from several Republicans, but it also garnered opposition from some Democrats, like Assemblyman Audrey Nazarian who says the increased density could be overwhelming for some communities. In 20 years, when we haven't dealt with the planning of consequences of bills like this, we haven't dealt with the utility, we haven't dealt with the transportation, we're going to be devastating those communities. Recent amendments were added to the bill to ease concerns that it would lead to real estate speculation. Owners who split their lots to build multiple units would be required to live on the property for at least three years. And that was KQED's Katie Orr. A report released last week showed California's rural counties have higher violent crime rates than urban areas. KQED's Alex Emsley has more. The report by the San Francisco-based Center on Juvenile and Criminal Justice notes steadily rising crime in rural California over the past decade, with more crimes committed by and against white people driving the trend. That's despite significantly higher arrest and incarceration rates in Republican counties. Mike Males is a senior researcher for the center, which advocates against over-incarceration. There's no evidence that getting tough and arresting and locking up more people is the answer to crime or produces better results, and a lot of suggestion that it may produce the opposite. The research does not include crime rates from this year. And that was KQED's Alex Emsley. Because of the drought, the top environmental topic on the minds of Californians is water and how much we have of it. KQED's Kevin Stark has more. Roughly two-thirds of adults say water supply and drought are big problems in this state, up from about a third last July. That's according to the Public Policy Institute of California's annual summer survey, which looks at public opinion on environmental issues. 
Californians' view of Governor Newsom's environmental policy has dipped some, although it remains high, with six out of 10 adults approving, down from seven. A little more than half of respondents say they only have some confidence in the government's readiness to respond to wildfire. Across party lines, Californians agree overwhelmingly that the use of solar, wind, and other alternative energy sources should be expanded over fossil fuels. And that was KQED's Kevin Stark. Coming up, Oceanside's beachfront has been undergoing renovations, and now the city's attention is on the Junior Seau Amphitheater and Community Center. What I would like to see is have them fix the problem, fix the, um, the broken walls, fix the, um, the, the stairs, fix the community center building. Have them fix it, but don't demolish it. That's next, just after the break. Hello, podcast listener. Full disclosure, I'm going to make some assumptions about you. This probably isn't the only podcast you enjoy. Blink if I'm right. (laughs) It's probably not the only thing you watch or listen to on KPBS either. If I'm right about that, then I'm guessing you make it a point to check in on a regular basis to see what's new, take in the latest and greatest, and then you go back to your daily life until we happily come together again. We're sort of like a virtual buffet. When you're hungry for information and entertainment, you go to KPBS and want to eat, uh, consume all you can, right? Well, you should know that when you become a member of KPBS, you're keeping the entire TV, radio, and online trays full of fresh ideas, like the tasty podcast you're enjoying right now. Help feed your appetite for KPBS. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. Thank you. Oceanside's beachfront has been undergoing renovations. Now attention is shifting to the city's 102-year-old amphitheater and a nearby community center named for the late Junior Seau. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne tells us the Seau family has started a petition to keep the facilities intact for the community. Mary Seau thinks of her brother Junior whenever she walks the Oceanside Strand. I can feel the spirit down here, freedom, joy, happiness. Um, just excited to be around the people. In 2012, the Junior Seau Amphitheater and Community Center were named for the Oceanside native and pro football player. Since 1919, when the amphitheater was built, cultural celebrations and events have taken the amphitheater stage. But Oceanside Mayor Esther Sanchez says she's noticed a decrease in events and sports. She says COVID is part of the problem, but so is scheduling. I've heard from a lot of voices from the community that it's really, really hard to get an event going here. You know, whether you're a nonprofit or a church or you know, anyone, a private citizen wanting to have an event, it's always been very difficult and I don't understand why. So when the city presented a beachfront improvement study looking into the amphitheater and community center, Sanchez got concerned. So when the city decided, okay, let's go ahead and um, start looking at, say, include the, the, the beach community center, a lot of bells and whistles started going off in my head like, okay, great. Is this for the continued use of the youth and families? And um, I'm very concerned about where this is, the direction that this is heading. Food vendors and bike rental companies are already operating outside the community center. And Sanchez worries more commercial activity will work its way into the public parkland. 
Rumors of demolishing the facilities and putting a parking structure in its place have started to swirl among the community. Dara Woods is a senior civil engineer with the City of Oceanside managing the project. She says it's just starting and no plans or proposals have been presented. This is, we know how important this area is to the city and the local community. So that's why we really want to know what the public wants to see. Um, there are city needs, but the public needs are just as important and that's what we want to hear. But Mary Seau is not taking her chances and has started a petition to make sure the facilities are saved. What I would like to see is have them fix the problem, fix the, um, the broken walls, fix the, um, the, the stairs, fix the community center, um, um, the community center building. Have them fix it, but don't demolish it. This belongs to the city of Oceanside. Other Oceanside residents have mixed opinions. Doug Boyd thinks it needs to be torn down. I'd love to see it renovated and maybe have concerts here or something would be great. Um, the other option, I think you see kids skateboarding here all the time, maybe make a skate, a skate park for the kids to uh, come down to. Um, same thing with the uh, gym down there. I don't know if they ever use it anymore down there. So we're not, it's, it's, it's like prime property down here. Why don't they, uh, I think it needs to be remodeled and something done with it. Renovations would be very good. The destruction though, I don't think is necessary. That was Joey Daly, who runs a snack shack and bike rentals near the community center. And Oceanside resident Coco Brown had this observation. This is historical. This is what we know. So tearing this down, it would just be problematic. Nobody wants to see that. I mean, it's a genius sale. A public input meeting is scheduled for Tuesday at 6 p.m. at the Oceanside Library community rooms. And that was KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.